let us uh, pray once again. Heavenly Father, we do not want to go into this time now apart from you. And so we bow and ask for your grace, your grace to be present, your grace to work, your grace to glorify you and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Our passage this morning is about John the Baptist. Our Lord Jesus once said about John the Baptist that among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. We read just a few minutes ago about John that people from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan went out to him. The Old Testament spoke of John the Baptist more than once, hundreds of years before he was born. From our passage of today, we are going to consider five things about John the Baptist. And here they are. His ministry, his message, his results, his courage, and his Lord. Once more, ministry, message, results, courage, and John's Lord. We, of course, will also seek to apply our learning about John the Baptist to our lives. First, let's take up John's ministry. John's ministry can be explained with one word. John was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus. John came right before the Lord Jesus, telling people about the Lord Jesus and preparing them to receive the Lord Jesus. I think here of something that we find in the Old Testament. When the soldiers of Israel were involved in a battle, at the end of the battle, a messenger or runner would go ahead of the soldiers to tell the people the outcome of the battle. We have won. We have conquered. We have defeated the enemy, he might say. And the people then would prepare to receive the soldiers. Even better, in ancient times, before a king visited any part of his realm, a messenger was sent before him, and he would announce the coming of the king, and he would prepare the roads, and he would prepare the people for the king. 
John was given the high privilege of going ahead of our Lord Jesus and announcing him. He prepared the way for the Lord Jesus and he prepared the people to receive the Lord Jesus. This first point, of course, is found in our text, but it's expressed even more clearly in Mark 1, verses 2 through 4. Notice Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 2. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came. John's ministry. John was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus. Question. How would you have liked to have been the forerunner of the Lord Jesus? How would you have liked to have gone before him and to have told others of him and to have prepared them for him? We, of course, can't be the person of John the Baptist. But you know, we can be like him here. And this is what I'd like us to take, practically speaking, from our first point of this morning. We can tell people of the Lord Jesus. We can announce the gospel to them, we can. And I want to challenge you, be about telling others of the Lord Jesus. Christ came to take upon himself and carry away the sins of his people. Christ came to reconcile people to God. Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. Speak to others of these truths. Give them something to read about these truths. Invite them to church to have them learn more concerning these truths. Ask God to give you some people to whom you could witness and communicate that you know the Lord Jesus and communicate the gospel of the Lord Jesus to them. We, to a certain extent, can be like John the Baptist. Second, today, Concerning John the Baptist's message, let's take up one important element of John's message. Look at verses 1 and 2 of Matthew 3. 
In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. When John would speak to the people, when John would prepare people for the Lord Jesus, he would do so by pointing them to their sin. He would remind them what they were, sinners, and tell them what they needed, forgiveness. John did this for the people were sinners, in need of forgiveness. And the one who was coming, the Messiah who was coming, was the savior of sinners. Have you ever wondered why John ministered in the desert or wilderness? A voice of one calling in the desert. I have read that one reason John ministered there, John Calvin, is to tell the people symbolically, and prophets would do that, that they were in a spiritual wilderness because of their sin. An important element in John's message was to have the people come face to face with their sin so they would go on to receive the Savior and enter the kingdom of heaven. When Jesus walked the earth, people who had leprosy would come and call out to him, Lord, son of David, have mercy. Have mercy on us. They would call out for healing. The first step in their healing, though, was seeing their disease, seeing their need and admitting it. John came and said to the people, repent, see your sin, admit your sin, be sorry for your sin. Turn from your sin to the Lord God. Repent for the kingdom of heaven because of the Messiah is at hand. I ask you yet again, have you ever admitted your sin? Have you ever been honest and confessed your rebelliousness against God? Have you ever been honest and confessed your intoxication with yourself and with the world? Have you ever mourned over your sinful condition? The one who takes upon himself and carries away the sin of his people has come. However, before Jesus Christ can ever be that savior to you, you have to get rid of your pride and admit your sinfulness.
C.S. Lewis once wrote, pride always means enmity. And not only enmity between man and man, but enmity to God. As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. Ask God to humble you, to admit your sinfulness and your need of a savior. And to those of us who have done that by God's grace and know the savior and should be announcing the savior, let's remember that part of our message has to be repentance. We need to speak plainly and lovingly about sin because no one will ever be saved by Christ and know God apart from turning from sin to the things of God. John the Baptist, a forerunner of the Lord Jesus, he came announcing the Lord Jesus and he came preparing the people for the Lord Jesus by speaking to them of their need, their need of a savior. Third, from our text, let's consider John's results. What do you think John's results were? How, how do you think the people responded to John bringing up the fact that they were sinners. Many today would say, telling people that they are sinners is certainly not the way to meet with success. Telling people of their rebelliousness and enmity to God is certainly not the way to have a growing ministry. Let's notice verses five and six of our passage. Matthew three, verses five and six. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. This is how Mark put it in Mark chapter 1, verse 5. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John's experience of preaching sin and a savior was explosive. It was explosive, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. Scores of people, multitudes of people listened to him and confessed their sins. They were evidently thankful that John was faithful to tell them of their evil and of their need for Jesus Christ. They confessed their sins and prepared the way for the Lord. 
hear me, please. I do not believe our passage of this morning is teaching us that we will see the same numbers that John the Baptist saw when he spoke of repentance. We may. We may not. But what we should take with us is this. Repentance is what God wants us to speak. Repentance is what people need to hear. And the message of repentance is what God uses to bring his people to himself. The message of sin and a savior The message of God's justice and God's love is used by God to salvation. It will, in that sense, have results. One Sunday, after a Sunday morning worship service, more than 50 years ago, As I stood outside, a man came up to me and spoke to me about Jesus. From that, I went on to realize my rebellion in reference to God. I went on to realize my sinfulness and my need of a savior. And I went on to be forgiven by the Lord Jesus and become a child of God. God's people will be brought to the Lord God through the message of repentance and, of course, trust in the Lord Jesus. Here's what I want us to do because of our sermon so far. Number one, be a witness. What does the world need? Be a witness. Be a witness actively, faithfully. Tell others of the Christ of forgiveness and eternal life. And two, tell them of their sin and of their need to repent in order to have that savior. Oh, that sounds so negative. Why do we have to bring that up? Listen to this quote. It is no real kindness to keep back the terrors of the Lord. It is good for all of us to be taught that it is possible to be lost forever and that all unconverted people are hanging over the brink of hell. It is possible to be lost forever. And those who are living today apart from Christ are hanging over the brink of hell. Our fourth point is John's courage. 
I want you to look at verses 7 through 10 of our passage. John's courage, I'll start reading at verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Do you remember who the Pharisees and Sadducees were? Uh, They supposedly were the spiritual people of the day, and they were the religious leaders of the day, and they were ones who had much influence and power in Israel. What was it, though, that John said to them when they came to where he was. Gentlemen, hello, how are you doing? Am I saying things that are okay with you? Does my preaching meet with your approval? I sure hope so because I wouldn't want to offend any of you. No, he told them that they were a brood of vipers, he called them snakes, and he said that they were on their way to God's eternal wrath. He said that they too needed to repent. My friends, in in my opinion, that was an extremely courageous thing for John to do. Speaking like that to the Pharisees and Sadducees, they could have made it very difficult for John. They no doubt could have had him eventually seized and locked up. They could have gone after his life. John, we also see in our story, was a person of courage. You remember Herod, uh, Herod the Tetrarch, also known as Herod Antipas. Herod had taken his brother Philip's wife. Oh, Philip was still alive, but Herod wanted his brother's wife, and so he took her to himself. And no one said anything? No? John the Baptist said something. John the Baptist confronted him. John said to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. What you are doing is wrong. John the Baptist was also a person of courage. I am glad for the record of what John did 
in reference to the Pharisees and Sadducees, Matthew 3, and I am glad for the record of what John did in reference to Herod, uh, Matthew 14, for this reason. Our witnessing for Christ, and that's what I'm speaking to you about today. We are, we are to be witnesses for Christ. Our witnessing for Christ, our speaking of Christ, is not always going to be easy. We are going to find it difficult at times. John reminds us of that and that we are to be brave and that we need to ask God for courage. A number of years ago, I was at our denomination's General Assembly, and I was at a luncheon, and a fellow PCA pastor gave his testimony at that luncheon. He said uh, before he became a Christian, let alone a pastor, he was a student at Wharton School of Business, University of Pennsylvania evidently going for his MBA. He said he was having lunch one day by himself, but in a public place. And nearby, there were like three men talking about Jesus. And he said, one of the men, a young man, stood up and walked over to where he was and engaged him in conversation and swung the conversation around to the Lord Jesus. And this fellow PCA pastor who was not a believer at the time said, this young man was so nervous, he was so scared that when he pulled out a little booklet to share with him about Jesus, his hands shook. He said, I still remember that. He, he sat there. I didn't know if he was even going to be able to open the booklet. His hands shook. But he spoke of Jesus Christ and shared the message of the booklet. And my fellow PCA pastor went on to say, and God used him. Sharing Christ will have its challenges. We will not always have an easy time of it. Satan will see to that. But we are to be brave. We are to ask God to give us the courage we need to be faithful. In the past, I have said, when I think of John the Baptist, I think of two things. I think of his witnessing to Christ, and I think of his courage for Christ. Uh, may we be people who witness to Christ and who have the courage to be faithful in that. Last, this morning... 
is John's Lord. Uh, ministry, message, results, courage. And now John's Lord. Uh, notice uh, what John says about his Lord, who is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, in verses 11 and 12. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering the wheat into his barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John says about the Lord Jesus here that there is no one like him, no one comparable to him. John is not even worthy to carry his sandals. A slave would unfasten, remove, and carry away his master's sandals. John says that Jesus Christ is so superior that he is not even worthy to render the services of a slave to him. In John 3, verse 30, John the Baptist said, he must increase, but I must decrease. John says about the Lord Jesus that he is far mightier than anyone else. John baptizes with water, but the Lord Jesus gives the Holy Spirit of God to renew and change hearts. John says about the Lord Jesus that the Lord Jesus is far greater than anyone else. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor, gathering the wheat into his barn and burning up the chaff. In other words, he is the judge of all the earth. One day, each one of us will stand before the Lord Jesus and he will judge us. John says about the Lord Jesus, what can be said about no one else? He is the son of God, very God, as well as very man. Someone has said, our hearts are evil, our sins are many. We need a savior who is able to save to the uttermost. The Lord Jesus is able to save to the uttermost because he is almighty God as well as man. Do you remember that about the Lord Jesus? Are you then bowing before him, submitting to him, worshiping him? Are you then living for him, serving him, loving him, will you then witness to him? Our challenge today is to speak of the Lord Jesus Christ, to courageously 
be voices and lives for him. What will you do with that challenge from the word of God through John the Baptist? Someone once said something like, if I believed in Jesus to be the son of God, and that the way to heaven and eternal life is through him, then I would not stop telling others of him. I would go forth every day declaring him. We believe Jesus to be the son of God. We believe that he is the only way to heaven and eternal life. Will we go forth every day declaring him with our lives and through our lips? Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, please renew in each one of us how precious the Lord Jesus is as Savior and Lord And please renew in those of us who have him as such a desire, a real heartfelt desire to go forth every day declaring him in life and with lip. And oh, Heavenly Father, we pray that you would use the truths that have been brought out today to have people go to the Lord Jesus and embrace him as Savior from sin and Lord of life. In Jesus' name, amen.